Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. We're live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center on a big red Monday. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, happy Halloween, man. How you doing over there? Yeah, I'm doing great as well. Happy Halloween to you all. Hallows Eve, whatever. Knock it off. Um, it's a, it's a fun day, is it not? Yes. Um, we wish that it was, but that is not the case either, or either if you're from the East Coast. No, it's uh, it's uh, the mood is dampened. I don't know. It, it feels like. Like every win and loss this season with the Cardinals really dramatically affects everybody's Monday, <laughs> one way or the other. I know it's that way always in the NFL if you live in an NFL city, but sure. man, this year as we get deeper and deeper into the season and they just are trading wins and losses, and at a certain point here, they're going to have to go on a run. They haven't won two in a row, Wolf, since last December. They haven't won three in wow. a row in over a year. You, you wow. gotta, you're going to have to win a couple in a row at some point. Yeah, you know, right now they've got a lot of things they've got to fix. Um, just thinking about yesterday's game, I don't know where where, do, where does your mind start when well, you talk about yesterday and the loss? I'm going to start here with the qualifier that I know a lot of Cardinals fans don't want to hear, but I have to start there to kind of get into this game. If you lose by one score to a six and one team, now six and one on the road. That's that by itself. The loss yesterday, just just the fact that they lost by eight to Minnesota, who is now six and one, and the Cardinals are missing <laughs> seemingly everybody. They're missing sixty percent of their starting offensive line. Darren Urban retweeted a thing from Fox Sports yesterday. It was the banged up score. Yeah, the the teams going into Week Eight, like who's the most banged up? Minnesota was the second healthiest. The Cardinals were the thirty second most healthy oh out of thirty two teams. Dead last in the league. Yes, and we know that. By looking at them, so with but just in a vacuum, yeah. yesterday's loss isn't the end of the world, but it's the fact that it's the same repeatable mistakes. And honestly, Wolf, this is why you win the game against the Rams, where you hold them to twenty points, or you score more than nine points against Seattle, so you can lose yesterday, and it's not a big deal. Yeah, you know, you're right about that. But also, too, to your point, right now, um, yeah, you're three and five on the season. You're three and five on the season, and who's to say that you're not going to be just as banged up in the second half of the who knows you probably are i would who assume knows? you are yeah uh, you know, right now, the way it's going, how, how can you bank on anything? Um, man, when I think about what I saw yesterday, Basinonians up in Minneapolis, I, I think of Kirk Cousins protecting the ball and protecting the ball better than Kyler Murray protected the ball. I think of that number one right there. I also think of the Vikings being plus two in the turnover column. That's number two. And number three, I think of the Arizona Cardinals on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They got whipped on both sides of the ball. Now, offensively, when you look at it, you're missing 60% of your starting offensive line. Um, you're probably going to be in trouble, and that's what they were. Rodney Hudson, of course, could not play their center. Justin Pugh, we all know he's done for the year. And then, of course, DJ Humphreys, and he was listed as questionable all week long, suddenly was out for the game. And that means Josh Jones was going to go in and actually play left tackle. I, I didn't think Josh Jones played poorly by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, I think he may have played one of his best 
best games as an Arizona Cardinal, uh, going out and blocking Daniil Hunter and holding up and, and doing a good job. Um, I was very impressed with that. But yet at the same time, those are the th- three things that I think of when I think of the Arizona Cardinals losing the game and why they lost See, it. and that's funny because as much as I just started the show with the, I don't want to say excuse, but some reasoning behind why it's okay to lose a game to Minnesota, to me what stands out is the same, seemingly correctable, but they haven't been corrected, mistakes where you're taking pre-snap penalties or you're taking bad penalties or you can't get a play in from the sidelines. And I just, I'm going to keep going back to this probably all show, Wolf. If you lose to Minnesota and under those circumstances, fine. You probably should have been 5-2 and two coming into this game. You put yourself in a position where there's no margin for error. You probably should have beat Seattle or the Rams or maybe even Philadelphia. And when you keep giving those games away, then you have a game like yesterday where any mistake cost you. And the Cardinals made too many mistakes. And we saw it on the last drive. I mean, do you really... It's not like you know, hey, they would have gone down and scored and they would have got the two-point conversion and they would have won in overtime. You don't know all that. But it would have been nice to have some timeouts. It would have been nice where, hey, Kyler Murray got sacked on the last drive and that doesn't just end the game. You know yeah. what I mean? No, I know. Um, you know, again, I understand your point, your reasoning on this, but for me, based on Orleans, it's still the line of scrimmage. I can't get over it. The Minnesota Vikings were clearly a throw-the-ball-first team coming into this game. Just like the Arizona Cardinals, I, I think we'd all say, are a throw-the-ball-first team. And the Minnesota Vikings came in, especially that first half, and they said, you know what? No, we're going to go ahead. We're going to run the ball. And it was the line of scrimmage. This turned in the first half. This game turned on that line of scrimmage. And um, the Cardinals, I thought, got whipped on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that hurt them. The Vikings ran the ball um, where they handed the ball off to a running back, I believe, 25 times for 151 yards and two touchdowns. Not talking about Kirk Cousins running the ball in for a touchdown. Not talking about that. Not talking about any type of wide receiver reverse or or jet sweep. I'm not talking about. I'm talking about handing the ball off to a running back 25 times for 151 yards. And the Cardinals could not run the ball. They handed the ball off to a running back 16 times for 42 yards. Kyler was their leading rusher. Six carries for 36 yards. That was it right there. They lost the game on the line of scrimmage. I did not see that coming. Yeah, and the frustrating thing about Kyler, too, and I, and I went back and rewatched part of the game afterwards because, to me, when he ran in the first half, Minnesota couldn't stop him. And then the second half, he didn't have any rushing yards until the final two minutes. But if you go back and watch, he did have four plays where he broke off like five to ten yard runs, and they kept getting called back as a penalties, too. So you're right. They, they, they couldn't run the ball, and then they went away from it. Whereas Dalvin Cook, it seemed like he could do whatever he wanted in the first half. In the second half, they did. They adjusted. You know, it's it's a game that's close. You feel like, okay, they're right there, but you're just you're running out of time. It can't keep being like, well, if they win next week and the week after, at some point they yeah. gotta actually win some of these games. Kyler Murray after the game said he felt like this one was self inflicted. Sucks. Obviously, you know, it's uh Losing that one, man, just felt like, you know, self-inflicted again, you know, so it will be better. It will be better. 
Yeah, self-inflicted. Um, you know, when you think of the turnovers, you think of the fact that the Minnesota Vikings were plus two in the turnover mm-hmm. column. Um, you know, yeah, that really put the Arizona Cardinals in very, very difficult spots. Kyler Murray's two picks that he threw, and then Greg Dortch in the muffed punt. Oh, that, um, that, that, that was that a just, killer. That was. It was. There's no other way to get around it. My heart went out to Greg Dortch immediately. I know what it's like to go out there and compete and try as hard as you possibly can. And you're giving everything you can. And you're intense and you're locked in and it's just not good enough. Boy, do I understand that. I have all these notes here from the game and I'm just kind of, you know how it is. You're watching the Cardinals game. you got to kind of take take notes and, and the chronology of what's happening and how things feel. And I get to the point, my notes actually stop right here. <laughs> when Greg Dorch fumbled the punt, I just wrote, Greg Dorch fumbles punt and they lose. And, and the game wasn't over at that point, but that's how it felt. And that I just stopped it. taking notes. You're There's noted. no more notes. That's shorthand. Did you write that shorthand? Yeah, right there? Okay, that's right. great. With a pen um, and everything. Yeah, you know, I, I thought uh, you got to give uh, Kirk Cousins a lot of credit. He protected the ball better than Kyler Murray protected the ball. Kyler threw two picks. And, you know, when you throw the ball 44 times in a game, that's going to happen. Typically, it's going to happen, and both of his picks came from the pocket, and that was the thing that I didn't like, because now all of a sudden, you're going to have a lot of defensive coordinators say, you know what, this offensive line is absolutely banged up. Kyler Murray threw two picks from the pocket, and um, yeah, I think we understand how we're going to try to beat Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals are going to have to be able to run the ball at some point in time. They're going to have to find a rush attack. How they're going to do that, I do not know. James Conner getting healthy would go a long, long way, I think, in actually getting a rushing attack back in the fold because Kyler Murray and this offense, they need to be balanced. Yeah, definitely looked way too one-dimensional in the second half, to your point. It seemed like everybody in the stadium, everybody watching knew that every play was just going to be Kyler, shotgun, going back to pass, probably from the pocket. And that's where I think the frustration is, okay, why isn't he scrambling? Why aren't they running? Well, some of it is just Minnesota. Minnesota dictated what the Cardinals did in the second half, and that's never great to see. And now you're playing a team next week that you just saw two weeks ago in Seattle. So you need to get back to the point where, as the Cardinals, you're controlling some of the game. Because the other thing that stood out, Wolf, is they looked when they had the lead yesterday. Like, I like the resiliency to come back from down. They were down quite a bit. But every time they got the lead, they looked like a team that hasn't played with the lead much this year. And they were just like, "Uh, you take it. (laughs) And then they they seem more comfortable trying to come back than actually playing with the lead. All right, we come back. What exactly happened in that 34-26 loss in Minnesota yesterday? We're going to take you through it all with Big Red Reacts. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Click! Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! It is a big red Halloween Monday out here at the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. We're going to take your calls in like an hour. We're going to talk to Cliff Kingsbury as we do every big red Monday at 145. It's going to be a lot of Cardinals. We are going to get into some Suns, though, in a little bit here, too, Wolf, because they are the feel-good story in town right now, 5-1 and one to start the year. Um, did you see this tweet from DeAndre Hopkins? I, I don't think he did because it just happened within the last since we started the show. Pro Football Focus put out uh, what he's done since he came back. 
Okay. This is two games. 22 catches, 262 yards, 13 first downs, and a touchdown. That's pretty good. (laughs) In two games. And he quoted it and said, I fell off. I'm washed. I'm 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, but I do love the way they're using him, the way they're moving him around. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. If, in fact, Hollywood Brown does come back when he comes back, and whether or not we're going to see that combination where both of them are healthy. Can't wait to see that. Have not seen that yet. Have not seen that, and we're not seeing a healthy offensive line at all. They did hang in the game yesterday. DeAndre Hopkins looked unstoppable. I know he had that one drop, but 13 targets, 12 catches, I'll take it, especially considering that touchdown grab where he just like reached out with one arm and just hauled yeah. that laser in from Kyler. D-Hop was all over the Cardinals hanging around in that game. Let's Let's get you caught up on everything right now with Big Red Reacts. Wolf and Luke. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets Ford Diamond Splendor. Snap to Cousins. Three-step drop. Looking. Steps up. Near side. Taking off. Being chased at the 20. Near side. 15-10. Five Cousins dives and is into the end zone for the touchdown. A 44-yard field goal try from Matt Prater to try to get something out of this good opening drive for the Cardinals. Snap, spot, Prater's kick is up, and it's good. Welcome back, Matt Prater. Shotgun snap, Murray three-step drop, steps up in the pocket and sacked at the 45-yard line. Zadarius Smith. Back there for the Vikings, and Arizona will have to punt. Cousins who takes, and back to throw. Fakes, throws right side wide open to the end zone. The tight end, Munt, caught for a touchdown. Boy, they fake the handoff. They fake the jet sweep, and then Munt just sneaks out into the end zone uncovered for an easy pitch and catch touchdown. Murray back to throw, in trouble, and sacked. The Darius Smith again. Back at the 42-yard line. So they get into Viking territory, go backwards on consecutive plays, and now will be in third and about 17. Snap to Murray. Short set, throws left side in the end zone. One-handed catch for a touchdown by DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my goodness. He stabbed that out of the air with his left hand, pulled it in for a huge Cardinal score. 56-yard try. Joseph, the kicker, is ready. Snap is good. Ball is down. The kick is up. It's blocked. It's blocked. And that's at the end of the first half. The Cardinals with a huge block. To keep it a four-point deficit, Cousins takes the snap. Straight drop back. Cousins in the pocket in trouble. Hit. Sacked by J.J. Watt. Flag down as well. Zach Allen, Cam Thomas also in the backfield. We'll see how they split that sack up. Snap to Murray. Quick throw to the left side. And it's caught by Ertz. Broken tackle at the 10 to the 5. Diving for the pylon. He stuck the ball out. Hit the pylon. Did he step out of bounds first? We're waiting for a signal from the official. They haven't said yet. It's a touchdown. Thielen motions left to right. And it's a handoff. Madison up the middle to the 5. Driving towards the end zone. And in. Touchdown, Minnesota. Just like that, the Vikings retake the lead with 5.47 to go in the third quarter. Snap to Murray, drops back to the goal line. In trouble, just hoists it deep. Middle of the field, got a man, but it's underthrown and picked off by Harrison Smith at the 40. Running left to the 35. And then he's tackled at the 31. Cook in the backfield, Cousins takes the snap, gives to Cook, up the middle. He's into the end zone for the touchdown. 
That's what great teams do. Face a little adversity, and they bounce back with 14 points in about four minutes. And now they're up 27 to 17 over the Cardinals with 407 to go in the third. 28-17 Vikings, two and a half to go in the third quarter. Second and four on the Minnesota 38. Four receivers set. Murray and shotgun takes the snap. Drops back to pass. Looks right, throws right. Moore caught at 30. Turns right 25-20. Moore breaks a tackle to the 10 to the 5. Touchdown. Shotgun snap to Cousins. Straight drop back. In trouble. Hit. Ball is fumbled. Isaiah Simmons chopped it out, and Isaiah Simmons recovers it. A 34-yard field goal try for Prater to at least get something out of this drive after the Simmons play. Snap, spot, kick is up, and it's good. 28-26 Minnesota. George is under it, and he muffs the punt at the 25-yard line, and I think Minnesota's got it. They haven't signaled yet, but George didn't have it. The Vikings do. Minnesota ball. Greg Dortch muffing a punt. Snap to Cousins. Going to throw. Looks near side. Throws near side in the end zone. And it's pulled in for a touchdown by Osborne. And boy, Jalen Thompson had good coverage. But that throw was on the money. And the Vikings lead it 34-26 with 8.36 to go in the game. Murray back to pass from the pocket. Throws deep middle. It's behind the target. And it's picked off. Intercepted at the 30-yard line on the far side. Returning it to the 35 and tackled at the 36-yard line. Murray back to pass. Looking, bouncing around. Steps up, stumbles, and sacked. That's going to be the game. Sacked at midfield by Harrison Phillips. And the game is over. The Cardinals lose 34-26. to yeah, you can hear it there at the end. Any sort of miscue on that last drive was killer for the Cardinals, not only because they had to get a touchdown and get two points, but because they had no timeouts left. But uh, Wolf, going back and, and re-listening to the highlights of that game, the things that stand out to me were, you know, you, you get the lead, you go up 17-14. You come back and get the lead, and yeah. you promptly give up a touchdown, throw an interception, give up another touchdown. And just like that, it's 28-17. And you work your way back in, you kick a field goal, you're down 28-26, you force a punt, and then Dorch muffs the punt. You promptly give up a touchdown, throw an interception. I mean, every time they got close, they quickly dug themselves a huge hole. Yep. No, you're right. And uh, once again, turnovers are so emotional in the game of football. It truly is. You, you cannot understand what that's like to be standing there on the sideline. And suddenly you think, oh, my goodness. You know what? We, we, we're giving the ball away. And so much of the time, base Orleans, when you do give the ball away, you're taking points from yourself. What could have been potential points if you were in their end of the field? When you turn the ball over, obviously, even a field goal, you're taking points off your scoreboard, so to speak, and many times when you turn it over in your own end, you're giving your opponent points. That's why turnovers are so dramatic and how critical they have been throughout the game of football for millennia. <laughs> okay, How's that for an exaggeration? Just, just that long? Yeah, you get my point. You understand what I'm saying about that, man. The turnovers were critical in this game, and Greg Dortch, I've been there as well. Um, that was pivotal.
Yeah, no, you know I'm a big Greg Dortch guy, and I wanted to see him more involved in the passing game. And last week against New Orleans, they got him in there for one catch, and it was a touchdown, and it was big. That's that's a brutal play yesterday. Kyler threw a couple interceptions yesterday. I mean, it just it's it's not it's not even just the turnovers. It was when they happened, and it's your opponent too. You're not playing a bad team. You're playing a team that's now six and one. As much as I maybe don't believe Minnesota is a legitimate Super Bowl contender, because I got to see Kirk Cousins do it in in playoff games, yeah. like multiple playoff games, they're still six and one. And when you go back and look at that game yesterday, this is getting lost in the shuffle this season. Nobody's playing a perfect game, but the Cardinals, I feel like, made more mistakes yesterday than they've made in a lot of these games. You know what I like about this? Just to wrap this up quickly, um, I love the fact the Arizona Cardinals have three division games in a row in front of them. There's only one way out, man. There's only one door out. There is one way to go, and it's through Seattle, at L.A., and then Mexico City, San Francisco on Monday night. Oh, this is it. Three division games in a row. You want to get back in it? You want to get relative? There's the door. And you've got really no other division games after that other than Week 18 against San Francisco. This is Their season's the next three weeks. And if they lose next week, <laughs> I don't even know what the, the following two weeks do. You, you, I, I don't think there's any way you can come out of this not going at least 2-1 and one and feel like you have much of a chance. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what did you see from Kyler Murray yesterday in Minnesota? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. It is a big Red Monday. Like I said, we're going to take calls next hour. We're going to talk to Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury at 145 as we do every Monday. Wolf, I would say now, since you know he is making close to a quarter of a billion dollars here soon, and he was your number one overall pick. At three and five, it's time to uh, to look at the quarterback. And not that I'm putting yesterday's loss all on him, but he threw a couple picks and he does some good things. I mean, there are moments where it's like if you don't have Kyler Murray, you might not even be three and five. But um, where did you come out on his performance yesterday relative to what we've seen from him at other points this season? Yeah, you know, I thought he was okay. I thought he was okay. Um, he didn't lose a game for the Arizona Cardinals, but he didn't win the game for the Arizona Cardinals either and both his picks were the worst throws of the day yeah those two picks really hurt the Arizona Cardinals and both of them were the worst throws of the day for him but that's going to happen to you when you throw the ball 44 times in a game yeah I said this earlier it it was tough to watch and it's always tough when the Cardinals get to this point you're watching Kyler Murray stand in the pocket and throw on every play. And you're just like, you you took a dual threat quarterback and you have, you kept five running backs. Why is it just, he's just standing in the pocket and throwing on every single play. And I know a lot of that's Minnesota saying we want him to stand in the pocket and throw on every single play. But it's it's just, it's alarming to see this offense become so one-dimensional when you have maybe the most multi-dimensional quarterback in the NFL. 
Yeah, and you know, for me, once again, Luke, it was a situation where um, you're going to throw the ball, and that's what you're going to do. This is a throw-first offense. It is. Um, that was not the case when James Conner was healthy. That was not the case when James Conner and the offensive line was running the football, especially in between the tackles, in 2021. It was not the case in the first half of the season when this offense was at its best. That's the frustrating part to me. It's frustrating. James Conner has got to get healthy. And once again, the mentality has got to be adopted of saying, we're going to do everything. We have to do both. We have to be in a balanced offense. I think the Arizona Cardinals largely lost this game yesterday because they were one-dimensional. One-dimensional in terms of throwing the football. Listen, the two worst throws of the day, I do believe this, were those two picks. The 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 throw to Robbie Anderson, where he I think he got hit when he actually yeah. it, you know the ball spiraled a little bit into the air right there and was underthrown badly. I I think Kyler missed the read. That's just me. Now somebody can tell me no, he didn't miss the read right there. Robbie Anderson to me, he was running. He knew he was going to get the ball. He knew he was going to get a shot. So throw it earlier. Is that so what you're he, saying? Just he, he's got to yeah. recognize the coverage and the seam was there earlier and you got to throw the ball up earlier in my opinion now once again it's easy for me to sit here yeah. and say that because you know I don't got guys bearing down on me but I, I thought he should have recognized the coverage to Robbie Anderson sooner and thrown the ball that's just my take on that mechanically he was off against um when he threw the pick where he was trying to hit Zach Ertz. That, to me, was just a mechanical issue. Um, So I thought it was his brain, number one, that let him down when he was trying to hit Robbie Anderson. He's got to recognize that sooner and throw the ball. And then mechanically, when he's trying to hit Zach Ertz on the end and threw it behind him, I thought those two throws were the worst throws of the day for Kyler. Yeah, and it's one of those things where sometimes you're going to throw interceptions what has he got six this year? Um, but the problem is there is you're going to have games where your quarterback throws two picks, and it's going to be a lot harder to win those games, obviously. But it's not impossible, and it just feels like they just keep leaving themselves so little margin for error. And we're going to talk about the defense in a little bit, but for the you know a good chunk of this season, the defense was keeping them in games where they weren't doing enough other things right. And now the offense is moving the ball a little bit, putting some points on the board. And yesterday, the defense gave up some points, especially in the first half. And and. You, you put your defense in a tough position, though, when you turn the ball over three times. Sure, right? They're going to yes. give up points when you're turning the ball yes. over like that. Uh, Kyler Murray, after the game, said the turnovers just can't happen. Offensively, I thought we played well again. I thought, I thought we, thought we uh, moved the ball. Um, just a couple, again, a couple. They're a good team. You know, they're, they're going to stop you. Um, but at the end of the day, we, we, we self-inflicted turnovers. Um, can't happen. But here's no, the, they can't. Here's the thing. The next three weeks, you're playing Seattle, you're playing the Rams, you're playing San Francisco. Yeah. Any mistakes you make against those teams, again, you'll have to be perfect, but any mistakes you put on top of other mistakes, you're probably going to lose those games. If you, don't, if, if, you, if you play the way you did yesterday, if you turn the ball over three times, if you can't get the play in from the, the sideline or whatever that is, you're playing three teams coming up that are all going to make you pay, too. Ironically, the Rams are probably the worst of those three teams. 
Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about that in the last beautiful part of the program. But again, going just looking at Kyler Murray, um, yeah, you know he 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 had some great throws too, some really bad throws, of course, those two picks, as I said. But he had some great his throw to DeAndre Hopkins for the touchdown, where D Hop stabbed the ball out of the air with one hand was incredible. It was it was just a great read by Kyler and a great. Great throw. The accuracy of Kyler Murray was on display on that throw right there. Put it only where D Hop could get that ball. Yeah, by the way, also pretty good coverage on that play. It was it just great didn't matter. coverage. It didn't matter. And that's the reason why I always say it, but a great throw beats great coverage all the time. That basically was the definition of that. His touchdown throw to Rondell Moore was an excellent read. And then Rondell Moore went north. Man, that was also very encouraging. He North Rondell against Moore. the Vikings. He went north exactly against the Vikings. That was really, really good. And and then of course hitting Zach Ertz, but that was more about Zach Ertz and his run after the catch. Uh, I, I have to tell you, it was an inside joke with the Philadelphia Eagles how Zach Ertz was not about running after the catch. Yeah. And ever since he showed up, literally, from the very first game he's played here, Zach Ertz and his ability to actually make something happen after the catch has been fantastic. They called him No Yak Zach, right? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So, now listen, he's Yak Zach. Um, you know, Kyler wasn't great and he wasn't awful. He was right in the middle, and they need him to be great. DeAndre Hopkins yesterday said, look, it's always going to be bad if you turn the ball over. Uh, it's always bad when you turn the ball over, especially against a good team like this. They're, um, you know, they're banking on you making mistakes, uh, and they're going to they're gonna capitalize on them, and that's what they did today. Yeah, Minnesota is rolling in the sense of, you know, I'd like to see him against Buffalo. That's my measuring stick at this point. You think you're good? Okay, go play Buffalo. But they are certainly... Yeah, but that's not really fair. No, it's That's not, not fair to anybody. <laughs> it's, it's not. It you just want to see somebody get hammered. I want to see Minnesota lose a game You want to see somebody get hammered other than the Cardinals. Yeah. Is that what you're you saying? Go see Buffalo. If you're going to beat the Cardinals, go see Buffalo when you're done. But, uh, but any mistake the Cardinals okay. made, Minnesota was ready to cash in. Can I just say the Seattle Seahawks are bothering me right now. Can I just say that on yeah, a Monday? You can. It's We're not talking about them. They're bothering me. <laughs> Pete Carroll, what are you doing, Pete? Um, suddenly this defense are doing it again. This defense is suddenly finding itself again two years in a row coming into this season. The defense was getting better in the second half out of nowhere. It wasn't like they were locked down, shut down, but they were getting better. The same thing is happening. Starting with the Arizona Cardinal game that they played, they were one of the worst defenses, if not the worst defense in the league. Now all of a sudden, they're getting better and playing better defensively. You have to credit Pete Carroll for that. Well, they are a reminder of how quickly you can turn things around, but you actually have to stack wins. Seattle started one and two this year. They were two and three when they played the Cardinals. It's they were they were exceeding expectations in that they weren't zero oh and five, but they were two and three. But since that Cardinals game, they beat the 
Chargers. They beat the Giants. Three wins. It takes you basically two weeks. Yep. Three wins. And all of a sudden, within the span of 15 days, they're 5-3 and three and in first place in this division. Like You can turn it around, but you actually have to win the games. You can't just talk about winning the games. Uh, Alright, when we come back over to basketball, how are the Suns approaching this season? They're now 5-1 and one, and Chris Paul had some insight. Gave us some, uh, some behind the scenes last night after the game. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Switching gears over to basketball, Wolf, the Phoenix Suns, just quietly 5-1 and one to start the season. They beat New Orleans, granted a depleted New Orleans team on Friday. Not as as depleted as they could have been. It sounded like when we did the show on Friday, they were, we're going to have to like call players up from a different league to play. Uh, but they beat New Orleans. They lost DeAndre Ayton in that game, and then they beat a pesky Houston team last night, and they are scoring a ton of points. The Suns' point totals this season, 107, 111, 112, 134, 124, 124. A lot of that, of course, is Devin Booker. Once again, the Phoenix Suns and watching them play, they just go out and take care of business. It's one of the things that I think we'd all say, watching them win 64 games last season, that's what they did. They went out, they were professional, they were businesslike, they they played well when it mattered most, the fourth quarter, how many times over and over and over again you would see the Phoenix Suns seize control of a game in the fourth quarter, and I would say in particular in the last six or seven minutes of that fourth quarter. We saw it over and over and over again. It's a very tough team, and I and I love the fact that even though their bench is a lot of new faces, um, I love the fact that it's starting to produce. Yeah, yeah, and they are third in the NBA in points per game behind Indiana, barely, and behind Memphis. Tied with Golden State, 118.7 points per game. Now, Chris Paul, after the game last night was on with Al McCoy and Tim Kempton, and I thought he had some interesting stuff to say, Wolf. I mean, this team's 5-1. and one. They have one of the best records in the NBA, but last year they had the best record in the NBA, and all it really got them was heartbreak in the playoffs, right? And so Chris Paul even said that. We found out the hard way last year, winning 60-plus games didn't mean anything. So he talked a little bit about how they're trying to do things differently this year, starting with uh, the importance of taking the load off of just him and Devin Booker, that's something they stressed all the way back in camp. You know, I think we stressed it a lot uh, in preseason and training camp. Me, probably more than anybody, because in the playoffs, you know, you got these guys trying to pick me up full court and do all this different stuff. So now, I think the confidence that we'll build throughout the regular season will help us going into the playoffs. That's the plan. Boy, that's the plan. There it is right there. He's not hiding the plan. There's the plan. Okay, I like that. You got anything more from Chris Paul? Uh, he talked about Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges when they're handling the ball. To play, you know, we've been so, I mean, heavy-centric on me and Devin and stuff like that over the last few years. It's, it's nice to play where Cam Johnson's handling the ball, Mikael Bridges, everybody. It's an equal opportunity to offense, and uh, I, I, I keep saying the same thing, but it's a fun way to play. 
Boy, that is the new NBA, isn't it? The positionless NBA. That's what they do. Everybody can handle the ball. Everybody can actually penetrate and kick out or take it to the rack. Everybody can shoot the three. I mean, this is, you know, we, this yeah. is what you want to see a lot of your perimeter play doing. And that's what I think of, man. And that was on display, especially in the second half watching last night. Cam Johnson came alive in that second half, started hitting his three. Mikael Bridges as well. I thought, I thought it was really, really cool to see that. And once again, the bench overall, too. Big question mark coming into this season. How would the bench play? Oh, man. You've got some guy Damian Lee. I can't get enough of Damian Lee. I, I just well, want to yeah, see He's D definitely Lee. a wolf player. No, I, I, I love the way he goes about his business, man. Jock Landell. These are new faces, man, that really I, I you can see clearly they're going to have to depend on D. Lee and Jock Landell and Tory Craig and Campaign, of course. It was good to see Campaign starting to hit some threes. Um, listen, I, I this bench and whether or not this bench does gel could be the difference between the Suns being really, really good and fantastically good. Well, sticking with Chris Paul, he also talked about the play of the second unit. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, my third year here, I think everything for us each year has been a growing process. You know, and seeing how much we need each other uh, throughout the regular season. Obviously, last year, winning 60 games, we realized that means absolutely nothing. So all season long, game by game, we're just trying to build and make sure that we got a, a tight unit uh, going into the playoffs. You know, that, what he said right there, which I thought is, is pretty much pulling back the curtain, but also what he said earlier about Cam Johnson, Mikel Bridges, other players being able to handle the ball up court is probably the the most you can do when you talk about controlling what you can control, right, as a team. You can't control in October if Chris Paul is going to be hurt in May. You can't. You can't control if he's going to get COVID in May like he did two years ago and maybe even got last year. You can't control that stuff. But what you can control is some of the wear and tear on his body where he's not bringing the ball up the court 80% of the time. And it's it's Devin Booker the other. And you, you want to control some of the wear and tear on Devin Booker, too, sure. if you can help it. He, he never shows it. But you want to give yourself the best chance, those are your two best players, for them to be as fresh as possible in the playoffs without you know necessarily just sitting them for 10 games at a time in the middle of the season like some of these other teams do. Um, that's, that's the way to do it. And, and we saw Chris Paul in the playoffs last yeah. year. He was so beat up by the end of that New Orleans series. And let's not forget, he basically won them three of the games in that New Orleans series, but he was just getting harassed constantly, and then that just carried right over into the Dallas series. Yeah, you know, it's so interesting, too, because I cannot listen to Chris Paul and the things that he's saying right here. This is by design. This is a plan. This is this is what we're trying to do. I cannot hear that without thinking the very first game when Chris Paul sat down in crunch time. Mm-hmm. The very first game. You want to talk about that? A grudge game <laughs> against the Dallas the Mavericks. The ultimate grudge. Game. The ultimate grudge game, and yet this obviously is a much bigger picture they that have, is going they, on with Chris Paul. They clearly have a plan, and we'll see if the plan works. But I am encouraged by the fact that they have a plan. They're not, and you could tell before he even said that, um, just by watching these first few games and even even training camp. But. So many times you see a team, okay, we won 64 games. Let's just run it back and do the exact same thing. It's like, okay, probably go out in the second round again if you you try and do the exact same thing. More from Chris Paul on how he's basically a coach when he's on the bench. 
Yeah, man, I'm, I'm, we together all day, every day. So right. you see the type of work that guys put in. You know, we got to, uh, what coach always say, like our gym is always live. Right. You know, campaign, guys in there shooting. So when we out there playing, we know our standard and we want to try to play to it. Yeah, you know what? Um, that sounds familiar. Just listening to Chris Paul right there brings back an awful lot of memories about being live. Um, but listen, this is this is something that to me is going to be a season long process where they're trying to find that sweet spot where you're trying to work in Chris Paul and not work in Chris Paul at the end of the game and be um, more dependent on some other. Other players actually going out and playing well and contributing in crunch time. I, you know, okay, you still want to win games, obviously. I think what what I'm hearing from Chris Paul is basically saying, you know what, the 64 win season is not going to be a goal for us no. anymore. We're not we're not about that. And why would it be anymore? We're about let's find the best way that we can be going into the playoffs. That's what we got to find. The best way all of us can be contributing and getting ready to go into the postseason. Let's find that above we got to get to 65 wins. Yeah, what did Golden State win last year? I mean, they were clearly trying to and they've done this before and they've done it as successfully as possible so they have some insight but uh would they win like 52 games last year i mean it was it's all about they were they were putting it together right as the playoffs started and you could tell golden state within like a couple games of the playoffs they were rolling they won 53 games last year golden state but they won their last five going into the playoffs and then they just went on a tear in the playoffs and we should put this out there too deandre ayton with that uh ankle sprain out at least a week Jock Landale had 16 and 7 last night. Bismack had five blocks stepping in. And Bismack, when he stepped in on Friday, was a monster. Busy Rebound started that game, too. Yeah. So, depth. You hear from Chris Paul, they're not that focused on winning 60 games or whatever, but they are 5-1 and one to start the season, too. Yeah, they look good. They do. Uh, we come back. What does yesterday's loss do for the Cardinals' playoff chances? You might not need to look any further than the next couple weeks. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.